Another test. Another test. Another test. All right. Testies. Testies. Balls. Nice. Balls. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Hoof and Horn, a pagan podcast with T-Rex and Braxis Mudai, where we talk about witchcraft, paganism, music, the occult, and whatever else we want. Welcome back to the Hoof and Horn podcast. In this episode, Praxis and I add to our Witches in the Trenches segment, and we chat with Hilary Parry Haggerty, a professional tarot reader. Our conversation touches on forming proper questions for the tarot to start with. We also get into topics where we look at tarot a little bit differently, enchanting tarot cards, tarot and spell work, crafting with the tarot, using decks where the people look like you. We also talk about the new Nightmare Before Christmas deck for a moment, and you'll hear that I pretty much think that the idea was stolen from a notebook I had from 20 years ago, but that's probably a different topic. (laughs) And then we finish off with what the death and devil cards really mean. We have music from The 13th Way, as well as Sharon Knight in this episode. But before we visit and chat with Hillary. Braxis and I discuss what has been going on since we last recorded an episode. It's a difficult topic, but it is one that we have to talk about because Black Lives Matter. Hey Braxis. Hello T-Rex. We're back again. On the Huff and Horton podcast. We are. Some things have happened since we last talked. They have. Some fucked up sad shit. Yep. And I think it would be um, inappropriate not to address it. For sure. You know? So it's not a secret that, you know, a black man was murdered. Um on we all watched it by police right and just before that as well here in our part of the country um Dreshawn Reed was murdered by the IMPD live on Facebook and they are just two names in a, a list long of list. names right 
I think that it's also really important to remember that black women are also murdered by police officers just south of us <coughs> in Louisville. We have Breonna Taylor who's simply just sleeping in her house, yeah. right? And so, um, you know, I made a, I guess, an image just to show solidarity that was, you know, placed on our, our social media. Um, the other day, I think I was drying my hair and I just thought, how stupid. This is, so f this is why we can't have fucking nice things. This is why the aliens don't come and, like, visit and, you know, here's oh, yeah. some secret to the universe because we're literally... A bunch of Still dishes. thinking that certain people with more melanin in their skin are less valuable, important, and special uh, than people with less, you know, less. And it's so, how unevolved are we? And it's upsetting, so. Yeah. Um, it's the human race, as far as I remember. Stupid as fuck. <clears throat> And then, you know, it's, obviously there have been, you know, when things happen, there are protests and this is not, you know, the first one, but this is, I think, one of the, the biggest in a very, very long time um, and around not only the country, but the world. And so finding ways that you can participate, uh, whether it be, you know, boots on the ground at a protest you know, and, and, and if you are choosing to go to one, you know, especially as uh, if you are a not uh, black or indigenous person of color, is to listen to the black and indigenous people of color that have been doing this work for a long time. And so for us here, you know, I'm listening to, to Indie 10, Black Lives Matter, run by um, women and femme black people and showing up in the ways that they require that you show up um, doing the things that they are asking for people to do and so if you are not able to physically go out there um, and put especially your white body in front of black bodies then find other ways that you can be of assistance on the show notes and in the on the social media I'll put different ways that you can donate money because those are really important things if you are local to a protest and you can donate supplies please check and see what they need you know everybody runs down to the circle with a lot of milk they don't need any more milk right now you know and so um if it's a specific supply like water sometimes those things are really uh people are generous and they run out there with that stuff immediately but money is important too you know, um, because Donate. then they can, yes, then they can specifically get the things that they are, that are needed or stolen in a, in a police raid, um, donating money to bail projects or any legal services that you know of, um, and, and simply just giving it over to the organization without necessarily having to know how it's being spent. You know, it's, it's not up for us to decide. It's, it's our... That's the way that, you know, you can be supportive. If you don't have the money to do that, then boosting the signal, 
and sharing that on your social media, calling out racism when you see it, regardless of where you see it. And it's going to be to a point where you may lose friends and you may lose family members over it. I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, my, I'm okay with it. And maybe I have curated my social media feed to being people who think like me, but I don't have any room for, for racist bullshit on my Facebook wall, you know? I don't, this is not necessarily about differences of opinion here. It's not like whether I should garden, you know, or not, or whether, you know, uh, black, gay, lesbian, transgender people, it's, this is not an opinion. Um, so, and I will flat out say, if you think that all lives matter, then you can take yourself right off this podcast and no longer listen because, mm -mm, let's not. Uh, I just came from a protest. Well, yeah. so did you actually yeah. this morning. I played drums at it. Yeah, you did. I heard you from across the street. Yeah. I purchased them a um, blowhorn. A, a megaphone. Megaphone. That's blowhorn. <laughs> Not a blowhorn. A blowhorn. You are a blowhorn. I know. <laughs> Stop. Girl. I got them a megaphone uh, donated from our from our coven to uh, the kids that are trying to and are doing a really great job. Uh, yeah, you know, and a lot sure. of people are showing up, and so voices only project so far. And when there's a lot of people, it's hard to hear. And so, I just decided they need they need a megaphone. I'm gonna make that megaphone happen. So, yeah, yeah. I had, um, I mean, basically, when you're watching that, you're watching a fucking snuff film. Yeah. It just dawned on me the other day. I, I'm, you know, obviously never watched someone die right before my fucking eyes, but it was hard to do. Yeah. What was it like? Eight minutes and forty six seconds. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I know that. With this hand in his fucking pocket. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel <clears> like <throat> myself. Would I've been able to stand there for eight minutes and forty six seconds and not? I don't know, get on my, my knees, crawl, you know, I'm not going to say that, and use my privilege in that way, and I don't know if there were white people in the vicinity of that, and I know that facing, you know, militarized police is very scary, um, and the woman who recorded it is a black woman, and she shouldn't have to put her life in, her life is already in danger every fucking day, yeah. right? So myself it's kind of like taps into it, the the thing i've had even as a child that if i'm there something bad can't happen you know and i have so many times in my mind just kind of wished i happened to be there right so that i could utilize my privilege of my skin color and maybe get his knee off of his neck something don't so remain all, silent. You know, don't. I hope they all rot in their own personal hells. Don't stand by like this. Don't affect you, because one day it'll be uh, someone yeah. you love, someone you know. Could even be you, mm -hmm. regardless. Fucked up shit, man. Black lives matter. Indeed. And we've got police brutality at a protest against police brutality. It's a great right. world we're living in right now. Right. Jesus. Thor Odin. and Odin. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. <clears throat> Shall we have a song? Yeah, let's have a song and then let's talk about tarot. Yeah, okay. talk to Hillary. Yes.
Hello, T-Rex. Hello. That no. was probably really loud. Probably, but you know what? That's it's okay. not as loud as Zoe barking. That's so, true. You know. Zozo, you be quiet. <gasps> we have Hillary Perry Haggerty. And who's that? She is a tarot reader, but I'm going to read you her bio. Okay. Okay. Hillary, with one L, Perry Haggerty, is a tarot reader, witch, mentor, editor, and teacher. She has been reading tarot for over 21 years, 13 professionally. She was the winner of Teresa Reed's Tarot Apprentice Contest, and Teresa Reed is the tarot lady, and has taught classes on tarot and spell work at the Tarot School's Reader's Studio and Breed's Closet Beltane Festival. She writes a weekly blog on her on tarot at her website, tarotbyhillary.com, and has been featured in Maxim Magazine and BuzzFeed. And again, that's Tarot by Hillary with one L. And I've heard her say many a time, if you put two, you may find something else. <laughs> Hello, Hillary. Hi. Hello. So nice to be here. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. A little bit, a little bit stir crazy, but... Yeah. Other than that, feeling pretty good. Feeling good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm super excited. We're to happy be here. to have you. Yeah. Yay. Hillary has read for me before. What? You know, when I'm losing, when I was losing my cool, and sometimes <laughs> when you're super, super close to a situation, um, it can be, I do believe you can read for yourself, you know, but when you are so attached to in the outcome or maybe so emotionally involved with whatever's going on, it's really helpful to have someone else that can read for you, even if you are a reader. And Step outside yourself for a second. Yeah, and have different eyes, you know, and, and Hillary's definitely been that for me, and I love all her videos on Facebook that we're going to talk about. Yay! Yeah! I have to remember that we're, this is a, a podcast, and so my facial expressions are not going to translate into audio, <laughs> at least as much as I would like them to. I know. I wish we had, like, a live video. That would be funny. But some, I would always be me, because the other, my partner in crime over here, Braxis, would never be to have, like, a goat mask on your face <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> But um, I like I want to touch upon what T just said, you know, like you could be the most incredible tarot reader ever. And there are certain situations that you just can't read on. You're too close to it. And um, the hallmark of a good tarot reader is really objectivity. Mm -hmm. And if you're not objective about the situation that you're reading on, sometimes instead of forcing that objectivity, it's just better to reach out to somebody else that's a reader and be like, what do you think about this? Like, this is what I'm intuiting, but I'm, I'm feeling like this is more a fear response rather than my actual intuition talking. Like, what do you think? So there's no shame in asking another reader for a second opinion, even if you are a tarot reader. And a lot of tarot readers, professional tarot readers, will do that. So even if you're an amateur tarot reader and you're just like, oh, I'm too close to the situation, it's just like professionals have that happen too. <laughs> right, right. So I'm sure yeah. you have your readers on dial that when you need that, the, absolutely, the same way. absolutely. I've got, of course, uh, the tarot lady, um, as you mentioned in my mm -hmm. bio, who is forever on my ass, my business mentor. Um, <laughs> I've got Courtney Weber. Um, I've got Melissa Sonova, who was formerly Little Fox Tarot, and now she's just going by her by her name. Um, so she's the author of Kitchen Table Tarot, um, the forthcoming t Kitchen Table Magic, which Ooh. I'm really, really looking forward to uh, working with and reading. So I've got I've got a, a stable of awesome tarot reading friends that I go to when I'm feeling too close to a situation. 
Awesome. So that kind of makes reminds me of what we're we brought you on here to talk tarot, of course, but certain aspects of it. So one, as a, as a general, how do you ask the right kinds of questions to, before getting a reading? And then you mentioned a couple of books and something that I love on your, um, your live workshops, the free workshops that you do, like Fridays, 6.30, is that what it is, right? Yes, yeah. Friday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Where it's a few, yeah. you know, additional things to do with the tarot besides, you know, laying laying them out and doing a, a, a reading, you know, enchanting cards, um, empowerment with the tarot, goal setting, are so, yeah, of course, you know, there's there's just more stuff to do. So, absolutely, we'll start with the first uh, thing. You know, how do you? And this is the same thing when I sit down with a person to, you know, do a reading with them. Sometimes they don't know how to phrase the question. Sometimes they don't yeah. really know what the question is. Yeah, and so yeah. before we've yeah. even pulled any cards, it's helping them form the question. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, there's there's a couple of like there's there's shuffling anxiety mm-hmm. that comes up first of all um, because I am one of the tarot readers where I let people shuffle the cards to get their energy into the cards. If I am doing an in person reading and they're just like, oh, I'm not going to do this right, and I'm just like, it's going to be what it's going to be. It's totally fine. So there's shuffling anxiety first of all, right. um, and then the second anxiety is I know I need a reading, but I don't know what to ask. Um, and in those cases, I usually say, well, you, let's use the question, what do I most need to know right now? Or what does the tarot most need to tell me right now? Um, so that helps solve the, I know I'm stuck, or I know I need a reading, but I don't know what to ask. So it's either what, what do I most need to know right now? Or you can even ask the tarot, like, why am I stuck? Or how do I get unstuck? So mm-hmm. that kind of segues into um, the types of questions that tarot is good for versus the types of questions that tarot is not that great at. Like less yes or no questions and more like how, why, wh- not necessarily will because yeah. that tends toward a more yes or no answer. Um, but the motivations and the pattern recognition, that really is... Um, the hallmark of what a tarot reading is, is identifying what the patterns are going on right now for that situation. And then based on that current pattern, what the most probable outcome will be or the most probable future card or um, outcome card would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember a time, you know, I was pulling cards for myself and really like, a little flipped out about what I was about to go do, you know, and, and, and the, the, I couldn't understand what the car was saying. And I finally just said, take a step back and reform this question, you know? And it was, what do I need to know going into this? Right? Not what's going to happen. What do I need? It was just, what, all right, what do I need to know? And the card that I had pulled was the fool reversed. And I said to myself, and this is before I'm walking into a courtroom, right? With someone yeah. I'm taking to court. I said, she's not going to show up. <laughs> she didn't show up. You know, I won by default, you know? And they were just like, it was no, it was nothing. Cra- it's, this isn't going, she's not going to show up. 
You know, yeah, so it was yeah. just as soon as you as soon as you said the fool reversed, I didn't think she's not going to show up. But what I what I thought immediately when you said the fool reversed was like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. You know, like they're like, <laughs> let it go, let it go, <laughs> because it it seemed like I I feel as if the anxiety of the situation was trying to control something that was completely out of your control. Yeah, and so that reversed fool card, it's never like. You read with reversals, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, some some readers don't, don't read with reversals, and mm-hmm. that's totally fine. That's totally cool. Make tarot your own. But um, when you when I read with reversals and I see a reversal, it's not necessarily a outward negation of the card's upright upright meaning. It's more of um, there's a blockage, there's a miscommunication, something's just not right, and sometimes it is an indication that you are more of an observable observer in the situation rather than in the driver's seat Mm -hmm. so that would be the third (laughs) the third interpretation of the reversal is just like that wasn't up to you and and the more we struggle sometimes in situations um the more tangled we become instead of just releasing and then the knots usually untangle themselves without us trying to help because sometimes when we try to help (laughs) we make it worse totally making it worse yeah yeah Great. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, and really, and you know, the work that I'd done before it and all that, of course, like, cause that's exactly what you want it. Like, yeah, it just, it was just amazing. But once I, once I calmed down and asked the appropriate question, asked to form the question in the right way, I was able to then interpret the answer in a clearer way, you know? Right. So, right. It's, yeah. it's, um, I think it was originally Douglas Adams that talked a little bit about questions and it's just like it's not the answer that you're looking for you know like the answer doesn't mean anything and it's not helpful unless you're asking the right question Mm -hmm. so this is a very (laughs) paraphrased version of i think something that douglas adams had had written in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy it's just like (laughs) the the answers the answer is 42 right but what's the question right (laughs) give us another million years right right so 42 42 ways to um to walk in another person's shoes 42 is suicide like we don't know like we can't we can't understand the answer if we haven't asked the right question right 42 and six just ahead of me oh hey now what What? we're going down the tool road here (laughs) we're on the tarot road that's the tool road which is supposed to be another podcast in the future but that's for you to organize that be um, so yeah, um, some of the other things I totally wanted you to, to talk about because I was really excited when I was listening to, and of course, you know, your, your workshops were the other fun things to do with the tarot cards, like enchanting a card or goal setting yes. with the tarot. So yes. I'm just kind of turning it, you know, you have free reign here, Hillary. Oh, boy. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to shout out my friend, uh, Jamie Elford. Um, she is the author of Tarot Inspired Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is one of my other co-hosts in the Card Slingers Coast to Coast podcast that I do with her and Melissa Sanova. Um, so I, I feel like picking up Jamie's book, Tarot Inspired Life, is one of the best ways to start to explore tarot in a different way, other than its divination um, system. Uh, because... We, we tend to forget that tarot started out as a game. 
similar to to bridge mm. and it didn't become a divination system until the french philosopher jailed person italia stylized it as divination so um that's and that's another thing that i talk with with my tarot students about like they're so afraid of getting it wrong and they're so afraid of approaching this divination system and it's just like okay it started out as a game so have this have this respect for the tarot but go into it with um a reverent playfulness because it did originally start out as a game um and then it became the divination method that we think of right now but like we can still use it for introspection um i like to do the card of the day practice but the card of the day practice isn't necessarily fortune telling it's not necessarily predictive it feels almost like an affirmation so you can use tarot cards for affirmations you can use tarot cards to structure um different tarot spreads even one of the tarot spreads that i did when teaching using tarot for spell work was the what went wrong which was kind of like a diagnostic spread Mm -hmm. to to see like if a spell went wrong quote unquote um usually spells don't go wrong or that's where the most lessons are for (laughs) spell casting folks out there um but i made that spread based on the tower tarot card um and so you can use the symbology and the structure in a tarot card to create a spread based off of a tarot card um i believe i learned that from barbara moore and she has um, a couple of books on the subject of like creating tarot spreads um but you can craft with tarot cards even though i know some people that are tarot readers are probably like <gasps> don't cut up your tarot decks but i mean sometimes sometimes you have a tarot deck that's missing a couple of of cards yeah and you don't know where the cards went and it's just like what do you throw out the entire deck or do you repurpose it or use it so you can use it for crafting you can use it for um for charming as well like if you feel like you need to have a more optimistic nature you can activate the sun card for optimism or even if you're a weather witch you can activate the sun card for better weather if you're feeling like oh like oh my wedding day is is an outdoor affair and i know that if there's forecasts for rain showers i need to activate the sun card right mm. now to make sure that i have sunshine on my wedding day i mean that's just a very i, <laughs> I love that though because it's like it's cool focus and then if that was me right and it's my wedding day and it's gonna rain which Yes, like torrential downpours on mine. <laughs> um, yeah, really bad. Uh, which I didn't, which I didn't know about when I brought it up as an example. <laughs> again, like, oh, it's a tarot conversation. <laughs> Divining. Um, oh. You can, I could say, oh, I don't know, I'm not much of a weather witch, so I can't, I don't have the ability, but I know that the sun has all this symbolism and so many people have utilized it. And for me, that's an easy way that I can then tap into something for, for spell work or reading or, or crafting because yes. I, I trust the symbolism and the power of that sun card. So yes, like and, I would. and what you're tapping in on is um, the power of the layering of years and years of um, many people tapping into the tarot and mm-hmm. using the tarot like the sun card doesn't get its power from the symbols necessarily or from the sun card itself it gets its power from all of us that that believe that the sun card is the optimistic card 
or believe in that um, collective unconscious association of what the sun, sun's card meaning is, you know? I mean, I know we can get real, real woo about this really, really quickly, but it is, this is the reason why magic works. It's the collective symbolism that has accrued over time and generations and generations of witches that have been using that particular symbolism. It's never about, um, it's your personal symbolism, but it's also the universal symbolism yeah. that yeah. you're tapping into. So when, and I'm sure that somebody might say, well, okay, how do I activate the sun card? How do I activate the hermit? I need some alone time, you know? How do right. I activate the chariot? Cause I need to go someplace. So how do you that's, activate it? That's um, that's a really good question. And um, I feel as if, like, if you're listening to this podcast and you approach your spell work as you go to a book and you look it up as if you're looking up a recipe and you're doing all of the steps and you don't end up making a cake, that's because there's this critical component missing, um, which is the energy which is the activation. So I'm glad you're, that you're bringing it up because this is something that is often not really covered in a lot of books. It's just like, here's the, here's the recipe. And then when the recipe fails, it's just like, what, why? Mm -hmm. You know, I followed everything correctly. And it's just like, because you didn't put yourself in it because you didn't actually activate anything. You didn't use your energy or you didn't raise your energy. Right. So there are many ways you can activate um, a tarot card um, or charm a tarot card as it were. Like, um, for example, I was having like travel problems and so I wanted to activate the Eight of Wands for swiftness, for speed. But mm -hmm. I also wanted to activate, um, I think I activated the Sun card, the Eight of Wands and um, I think it was the magician because the magician magician I was associating with like Hermes, the messenger, winged feet, and and on um, flight. Mm -hmm. um, so I activated those three cards and I visualized what I wanted to happen. Um, and sometimes the activation can be as simple as just talking to the cards and saying what you want them to do. Um, and that is energy, the voice. You're using your throat chakra to speak what you want to happen into life. Um, but sometimes it's more suitable to sing, to raise energy, um, depending on what the spell is, what your purpose is. Sometimes it's appropriate if you want calmness or stillness or silence to whisper to the hermit card and say like, I need alone time. You know, like if I see another person today, I might murder them. Like I need it. <laughs> so, so it, you might, or you need gentleness or you need compassion um, or you need nurturing energy. You might activate the Empress, but you might also um, use your tools that you have in any other time that you're casting a spell, but maybe adding the Empress card to your altar with like a little, a cup of water or with salt for grounding. So using, you, you can certainly use the tarot deck as a spell casting, like on the go kits, or you can add it to your magical practices that you have already. Like really, the sky's the limit. We could right. go on for hours talking about how you can use <laughs> the tarot for your magical practices. But mm -hmm. in short, um, you have to remember that energy 
um, and raising of energy is a big component into making the spell go, making the vehicle of the tarot card go to do with it what you want it to do. Um, because there's many different components to a spell. Um, there's the intention overall, but there's also the vehicle and then the energy. If one of those ingredients is missing, it's not going to go. Your cake's not going to get baked. Right, right. I feel like I've heard you before on one of your, your videos mention a book that you liked that had to do with spell casting and tarot. Right? Yes, yes. Well, um, I don't know if it's necessarily spellcasting and tarot. Um, there, I do have a couple of rec- recommendations about that. But one of the ones that I really like is called The Unspell Book by mm. Maya Ohm. And it is all about visualization and energy techniques, um, which really gives you a more solid foundation so that when you're ready to do spellcasting, sometimes the intention is all you need. Um, because, and, and I don't know um, if you can speak to this, but um, when you've been spell casting for a while, you're, you're about, you're ready to do your spell and you're gathering up your vehicle and you're gathering up your ingredient, ingredients. And without doing that, the spell happens. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. just like intention is really the most powerful thing that we've got going for us as spell casters, as witches. Um, so I would say, you know, make that part of your practice strong. Um, and then sometimes you might not even need the ingredients. And that way you're just casting spells um, without needing like, oh, I need I need an altar. Like if you're at the airport and your flight is delayed, I'm sorry, you don't have access to your altar. You don't have <laughs> access to salt unless you're gonna go run to the restaurant kiosk and go yeah. grab a little like to go pack of salt. So right. sometimes we have to be flexible and we have to rely on just our our power of intention. So that would be one book I would recommend. But um Sasha Graham's three hundred and sixty five tarot spells mm-hmm. um would be a good book. And also her book, Tarot Diva, talks a little bit about charming tarot cards as well and recommendations of what tarot cards might be good for different intentions. But again, what you feel personally um, is going to be stronger than anything that anyone in any particular book is going to tell you. Bam. Can we, like, so (laughs) Hillary just mentioned books that help with that. What's a book that helped you? With tarot? Yeah. Um, um, for the audience, if they would yeah. like to look books. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been such a long time since I've, you know, I've taken some in-person tarot workshops. Um, the Where I, I feel like I ha- struggled a lot was reading for myself. So I really liked, you know, our, our Courtney, you know, tarot for one. You know, the Terror art for of reading, one, the art of reading, reading for, for yourself. yourself. Pick it up now. You need it. <laughs> Even if you've been reading tarot for years, you need it. It's like the number one thing that most tarot readers have a problem with is reading for themselves. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. a. I found that really helpful. You've got a book sitting over here that I do. I really, really liked this book. Um, it's called The Secrets of Tarot: Origins, History, and Symbolism, and it's by Barbara G. Walker. And she is yes, also yes. the author of the Woman's Encyclopedia of Myths and Secrets. But it talks so much. I'm really a huge fan about symbolism. And she she just lays it all out, man. And it's a really easy read. I really, really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I like that book too, and I've I've heard really really good things about it. So thank you for mentioning it. Sure. And of course, the, you know the grand the grand madams of tarot, in general, uh, Rachel Pollock and Mary Kay Greer. You oh. know, pick up pick up books from them. You are not going to be disappointed. They're amazing, and I've had the privilege of hanging out with them, eating breakfast with them, um, learning from them. They're amazing, and they're so gracious and they're so welcoming as well. Because sometimes there is this weird kind of like I don't want to say gatekeeping but you know I'm gonna mm-hmm. say it gatekeeping, gatekeeping. Um, in the tarot community and um, it needs to stop because tarot is such a wonderful tool for so many people um, for divination for self-exploration um, that you know and people are coming at it with a certain level of respect but you know like you need to let them in <laughs> yeah let them in like tarot is for everyone were you, so. Did you do that, like, at the Reader's Studio? Because I know that you have gone to that for quite a number of years, right? Yeah, I haven't I haven't been going in the last couple of years mm-hmm. because there's been stuff coming up um, at that same weekend. And unfortunately, it was canceled this year yeah. due, to the, due to the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but it has, um, first of all, it's in my own backyard. Yeah. So, like, that's a no, no-brainer. It's literally a 20-minute drive from my house. Um, and even, even so, I usually end up staying in the hotel and staying the weekend because, you know, when you're, when you're diving into these meta- metaphysical topics, like, you can, you can burn out on the energy overload really easily. And you don't want to add commuting no. <laughs> on top of that when you're basically taking classes in the tarot from sunup to sundown and afterwards because right. they have um, three master classes and then they have optional evening study group classes. Um, on, I believe, the Friday, I think the Thursday and the Friday night now, and then the Saturday is the banquet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, it's really amazing um, what, the, what the tarot school does for people, um, and it's one of the largest conferences in the world. Um, usually around 230 people show up, so 230 tarot readers all in one Woo! room, it's a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and I wanted to, and I wanted to bring up one of my biggest fears when I first started attending it is reading for other tarot readers. I, oh, especially when I was a beginner tarot reader, I was terrified. It was a lot. It was very intimidating. Yeah. And one of the first people that I read for at that conference was Teresa Reed when I was in the tarot apprentice contest. Ooh. So, like, she sat down next to me, and I didn't realize. Um, that one of the cornerstones of the reader studio is the foundation reading, which you pair up with somebody, you read the tarot for them, however you read it, and then you go through all the classes of the weekend, and then you return to that same reading on the Sunday morning, and then like same cards, same questions, same cards, and then you apply everything that you learned oh, over neat. the weekend. So it really shows what you learned, why it was worth it to come to this conference, and everything that you learned from these different presenters. Um, and so Teresa sidled up to me and sat down. She was like, oh, I saved you a seat. And I'm just like, okay. And I didn't know about the foundation reading. And then when they said that, she, I turned, and she was like looking at me like, like she was about to devour me. And she was like, you're my partner. And I'm like, ha okay. Um, Kill me now. Kill me, kill me, please. Um, but it was part of, it was almost a part of like solidifying her decision, which she oh. made at the end of that weekend to make me her tarot apprentice. Oh. And so 
<laughs> and I was only the only one out of the contestants that went to the reader's studio. So I was just like, oh, this is a test. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was terrified of reading for other tarot readers thinking that I was going to get stuff wrong. Now I love reading for other tarot readers because it's like this kind of shorthand that we've got going on. Whereas, like, as soon as we see the three of swords come up, we're both looking at the deck like, shit, okay, so what's, <laughs> yeah. what's this? Um, so what heartbreak are we addressing right now or what? betrayal are we addressing right now and then it then it opens up a dialogue into a conversation that deepens just because we have that common language of the tarot and that's how I feel I kind of read for people that aren't tarot readers like I am giving lessons in the tarot as I'm uh -huh. reading the tarot for people and, and making them understand like okay this is the tower card yes it gets a bad reputation but after all of this shit clears you're going to be so much stronger the foundation is going to be so much more stable so that you can build upon it because the foundation that you had before, it was an illusion. So now they kind of have their own shorthand that I'm building for them. So the next time they come to me for a reading, if I'm so lucky to become their regular tarot reader, if they see that card again, they're just like, oh, I understand now. Right. And now they have the tools, they have the language, they start to build the connections. I, I, I think that 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 might even help me, Hillary, you know, because I know I have read for people that know that like they read and it is nerve wracking because yeah. you're worried like, oh, I'm not going to read this card right. And they're going to read the card differently and they're going to think I suck, <laughs> you know, but, so but it think, opens up a conversation yes. and opens up a dialogue that otherwise would be closed because right. you can just say, listen, I know you read your own cards sometimes and I know you read other people's cards sometimes. So. Um, it's, it's almost as if like you feel as if you are both doing the reading. Yeah. Together. Um, so it's just like, okay, well, you know, I know that the five of cups means, um, playing the what if game or mourning something or grieving something, but what do the five of cups mean? What does the five of cups mean to you? Or what is, what is the symbol that your eye is being drawn to in this particular depiction of the five of cups? And then it opens more and more and more because this is the reason why we have so many different tarot decks on the market. It's because mm -hmm. it speaks, sometimes the layering happens, like the Five of Cups is the Five of Cups, no matter the deck. However, the artistic choices that people are making within that card to make it the Five of Cups, it's going to be different for each person. And it might be a different symbol that resonates. Um, but what I really love is when I have a reading with someone, I ask them to intuitively pick the deck that they want to be read from. Um, and then when the cards come up, I always point out the symbols that are not usually in this particular depiction, but happens okay. to be in this one. And it becomes incredibly relevant to, to the reading and to that message that the reading is trying to give. Yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. If the yeah. questioner uh, <clears throat> doesn't have their own decks, w can we go around and just say what your favorite deck is to use? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a magpie though, so she has so many. Decks. <laughs> okay, well, well, give us two that are your favorites. Like, like, how, how many out of like the hundreds of decks that I, I think I might have a hundred. I don't know. Holy I haven't shit. counted because I'm I'm scared to count and actually know how many decks I have. Um, but I always 
gravitate back to the Radiant Rider Waite Smith. Mm -hmm. um, that is my workhorse deck because um, the difference between the Radiant Rider Waite Smith and the regular standard Rider Waite Smith is um, the regular is kind of like very garish in colors. Um, the yellows are really, really yellow. The reds yeah. are really, really red. Um, and the Radiant Rider Waite Smith is more of a, a watercolor tone to it. So it feels like it's a little bit more muted and I, I just enjoy it. Um, but what I would really recommend is um, if you're drawn to certain cards in a deck, like know the cards that you kind of um, want to see the way you want to see them, like the high priestess card, like the even the big bad cards, even like the devil card, you know, like some cards are going to be disturbing because they're meant to be disturbing. Mm -hmm. But if um, the whole of the tarot deck is disturbing to you, it's not going to be a good deck for you. Like you have to feel as if um, these cards are reflecting your life and also reflecting your skin tone as well. Yes. Um, we just we just um, did an episode um, on um, tarot so white, basically, mm -hmm. um, because that's who was originally creating the tarot decks. It originally it originated in Italy, so it's just like a lot of tarot decks lately have been. Um, addressing that very issue so like there's the melanated tarot now there's the dust to onyx tarot um so i would really recommend um find a deck that resonates to you even if you can't explain why it resonates to you like that's the deck for you especially if it's being plopped into your lap or you've heard it mentioned at least three times you might want to explore that that might be the deck that's wanting to work with you right. um and also making sure that you see a tarot deck that reflects your life, because that's the purpose of a tarot deck. You can't really get a great reading if that reading, if that deck is not reflecting your life. Yeah. One of my yeah. favorite decks I have, just because it's cute, is the Halloween tarot. You know, yes. I love it. I love to look at it. I love to lay them out and visit my little friends in the cards, but I really can't do a reading from it. I think I'm so distracted yeah. by those cute little pumpkins and the ghosts and, and the bats yes. and the cat that's going through it. Did you see that Nightmare Before Christmas is coming I out with it? I did, tarot? and you know what? what? I feel like they stole it from me because I have a notebook <laughs> from like 20 years ago that I started to lay out all the characters and how I would have a Nightmare Before Christmas deck. And I saw it and I was like, okay, cool. I'll look at it later. <laughs> well, I'm I've been trying to work on an official Star Wars tarot. For oh, years. my God. Yeah. Official. Nice. Official. There's, there's a couple of unofficial ones out there. So, like, I'm still, like, putting the mojo out there mm -hmm. to be like, pick me, pick so, me, pick yes. me. Let's talk about the, is the Death Star the tower moment or is it Alderaan that's the tower moment? Yeah. Like, I could go for hours <laughs> trying to figure out. See? See Braxis's face right now? It's just like, oh. uh, I just want to know who Boba Fett is and all that. <laughs> See, but there, and then there's different debates. Like, would you use the original trilogy? Would you use the, the revamped with all nine movies now? Because the full card is going to change depending on who the whose journey we're talking about. Yeah. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> That's we literally, the we literally were just. My husband and I were just watching um, on on TV. Like it's it seems like every weekend it's like the Star Wars marathon going on. But we little literally just saw Jar Jar, and we were like, boo, yeah, boo, yeah. Yeah. poor Jar Jar, <laughs> poor Jar Jar. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely. Um, 
you know, when, when Courtney put out the Tower of the Burrows, that it was sort of like a boom thing for me because all of the imagery, I got it. You know, like I, I yeah. totally got it. I use a, I use a Robin Wood deck a lot lately, I've been finding. Um, my brother got me the Game of Thrones tarot. You know, that's a I good have. one, actually. Yes, um, I have, um, and I actually, um, I went to the Ma- Masters of the Tarot at the Omega Institute, mm-hmm. and Listine was one of the presenters. Yeah. Um. So, so I was asking her a bunch of questions about the creation of that deck because she didn't do the art for that, but she was like the tarot consultant. Okay. So the tarot stuff, the tarot stuff, the reason why the tarot stuff is like really good in that, it's because they had a tarot consult consultant that knew what they were doing. Good. So, Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So I had so many questions. I'm just like, I know, like, can I just, can I just sit with you and like talk to you for like ten minutes about like the moon door being the moon? Can we, can we talk about this? You know, because yeah. she was just like, yeah, that was a really difficult decision. But I was just like very firm on that. I'm like, it was a good decision. Yes. It was a good decision. <laughs> yes, it's a good. I have to play with it more so that I feel more confident, like reading from it. You know, but. Yeah. It's a great, but, it's a but great that's, deck. But that's another thing that I wanted to say. Some of these themed decks, you know, you think that they're not going to work mm-hmm. and you think that it's just kitschy, but actually some of them can have very powerful readings that still are right on. Like the zombie tarot. I know some people are like a very love it or hate it with the zombie tarot. Really? I got to check um, that out. But um, it's by, I think it's Quirk Books slash Chronicle Books. And it's totally kitschy. Um, but it really does work. Zombie Tarot. Zombie Tarot. Thank you. You'd be surprised. That could be a good one for you. I like the, the Thoth deck. Yeah, you do. I love I that I have a very hard time with that one because I'm so distracted by all the busyness on it that I don't know what to say. <laughs> and and I'm, it's, it's, I think it's an internal um, conversation or... Uh, I don't know. There's just different schools of thought. Some people are all RWS all the way, mm-hmm. and some people are just like Toth. Toth, yeah. Toth, Toth. I, I and I can I... read. I can do it, yeah. but it, it's hard. It can be hard for me. So hats off to you for, for being a Toth person. Cause I, oh, think it's... I just really like that uh, every time I look at them, I feel like I see something new. Even yes. though I've looked at them a thousand times every time. I'm like, oh my God, there's a little face right there. Or, oh, I never mm-hmm. saw this, you know, Saturn symbol over here. Or, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really and like that's it. another way to read tarot as well. It's like soften your gaze and then think about your question. And then when you open your eyes, where's your eye being drawn to? Because that symbol that your eye is being drawn to, you're either not going to notice, you might not have noticed it, or it is very prevalent to the message you, that you need to hear or the question that you were asking. That's, That's one of yeah. the tips or tricks that I don't even know who originally said it. Probably Mary Kay Greer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a fun game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I noticed that sometimes, you know, let's say it was Tarot Burroughs and using that for years and then doing a, a, a reading for a particular person and you're looking at something that you've never seen in the card before, but that you have to pull out because that... It, that's the thing that you have to say to that person. So it's so cool yeah. that even when you're so familiar with your deck, you could see something uh, totally new in it. And that that is intuition. You know, that mm-hmm. is the very part of intuition that, like, no matter how off the wall it seems to be in that moment, like, I found that the more off the wall it is, the more I need to say it. And yeah. it's just like, all right, I know this is going to sound crazy, but... <laughs> 
And then I say it, and they're just like, oh, my God. Like, are you serious right now? And then, like, they get really pale, and they kind of look at me like I'm a witch. But I am, so it's okay. <laughs> um, and then they're just like, how did you know that? Or how did you? And I'm just like, well, I didn't really. It's the tarot telling me. Right. Right. You know, but right. it's also my intuition telling me. And sometimes that happens. You know, when you're using your divination tool, you start to get messages without the cards. And that's just that's just what happens. And I thought I was going crazy when that first happened to me. And then I started asking people, hey, are you getting are you getting stuff without your divination tool? And they're just like, yes, especially if I'm doing more readings than normal. Yeah. It's just like, it, it feels as if like your head's open and you're always on. So then you need your tips and tricks to like, okay, I need to shut this down because I cannot feel everything all at once. Otherwise my brain's going to explode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Self-care for the tarot reader. Self-care. And, and I feel like the people that do walk around and like kind of psychic diarrhea on people in mm. order to manage their own anxieties or their own like intuitive gifts, like, no, like, don't do that. You know, if they want a reading with you, they will come to you for a reading. Like, don't be like, Bleh. like, yeah. I'm seeing your mother behind you. And it's just like, that might not be the most appropriate thing to tell that person it's right like, now. This is not appropriate. This is yeah. not appropriate. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, so where, again, can people find you, Hillary, to either get oh. a reading or to watch some of your videos? Well, you can find me. I have, all of my social media is connected to my website, www.tarotbyhillary.com. And thank you for noticing. Yes, it is Hillary with one L. If you, if you go to Hillary with two Ls, I don't know what you're going to find, but it's not me. Very sensitive about it. Everyone spells my name wrong. It's just like, ah. Uh, and everyone spells my name wrong. So that's why I'm very like, Hillary's name has one L. One L. And I, 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 when I, when we were like planning to do this podcast, I reached out to you and I was so excited about it that I misspelled your name only because my fingers like typed too fast. And I was just like, Tamara, Tamara, Tamara. <laughs> no, I'm so sensitive about it. It's just like. And spell check a name. lot of times changes how people like when they type it in, it changes it on them. And I, right, right. I mean, I laugh about it now, but I, it, that's tell I won't, I'll let you live. Hillary. For now, for now, but don't do it again. Don't do it again. Yep, so that's where you can find me, and I do do my um, Friday night workshops every Friday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is available on my professional Facebook page, and I believe that's facebook.com slash tarot by Hillary. So most of my social media is just tarot by Hillary right. all over the place to make it easier for everyone. So, um, And I can totally edit this out right here, but is it okay if I tell people where we know each other from? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, Hillary. Like, I like, I remember the moment while we were all sitting in a circle, exactly whose apartment we were in on the yeah. Upper East Side, um, and where you were exactly sitting in that living room when you were like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm really going to put something into this professionally. You know, you had been, yeah. but it was like, I'm going to get serious about this now. And... Look at you, Maxim, yeah. Buzzfeed. What? Yeah. Uh, how do you that know, was, Hillary? I, well, we we come out of the Go same. Ahead. We come out of the same novices, first original coven in the Lunar Temple, and yeah. you know now I'm out here in Indy, and and Hillary is the maiden of the Well and Forge. We had Lizzie on, where you're leaning into yes. your spirituality, and they're yes. hitting it up over there in, in Connecticut. So. Yeah, coven. Sam. Coven made. 
Coven Maiden. I'm taking a little bit of a sabbatical mm-hmm. right now from, from that work because I'm in priestess training, a votary of uh, the goddess Bridget. So, you know, that's been fun, but it's definitely a challenge. And yeah. uh, as Tamara knows. Um, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> so, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, like the I'm the. What was that? You're getting, beaten, that? On, you're getting beaten on the anvil? Yeah. Well, no, not yet. Thankfully, no. You know, it's hard. It's hard. It's. N- I'm. I'm not going to say that it's not hard, but She's I don't feel the anvil. beating on the anvil quite yet. And I'm like, kind of. I'm. I'm trying to learn my lessons before the anvil comes out. There you that's, go. That's my process with Bridget. Um, I'm trying to be more well than forge right now because um, that's just how we work together. She was just like, "Do I really have to? Like, are you going to listen?" Okay, are you going to listen now? Mm-hmm. All right, how about now? And I'm just like, okay, mommy, okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. How did that, that was like 45 minutes. Yeah, Do well, I, I had three things that you I wanted to things? say here. And this was kind of did from an audience point of view here. Sure. Um, can, this I just found interesting and thought that oh. I might be able to uh, siphon some information from you of how the playing cards, you know, the hearts, diamonds, clubs, and uh, spades, how those were kind of, you know, forged from tarot cards. Do you know what, any what of the... Tarot from them? Oh, um, I really don't know. Okay. Um, I feel like I, I can give you um, a bunch of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a book called uh, A Wicked Deck of Cards or A Wicked Pack of Cards. Okay. Um, and it is the origins, I think, of... Um, both tarot and playing cards mm-hmm. um and there is also a school of thought where you can read playing cards much in the same way as you can read tarot mm-hmm. um and i i've taught this to some some of my tarot students and people that read playing cards are probably going to um <laughs> take out a hit on me if i say this but sometimes if you understand the minor arcana of the tarot you can try translate the minor arcana of the tarot into the playing card suits and you if like if you're stuck and you don't have a tarot deck but you have a playing card deck and you just need to know something Mm -hmm. like you can like the three of the three of hearts would be associated with the three of cups right and isn't it the diamonds are the pentacles the money I believe, right there. I believe so. Yeah. Um, not quite sure about the different associations. And again, if you're a playing card reader, like, don't at me. <laughs> don't right. email me. You know, like, this is just a little shortcut for the people that understand tarot that is stuck with, um, with the playing card deck instead yeah. of a tarot deck. Um, but there are very, very specific divinatory associations in reading playing cards instead of reading tarot cards. So I don't want to go and conflate the two um, more so than I've already done. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also for the audience, I know some people who won't do tarot card readings and stuff because of two cards, the death card and the devil card. And I thought maybe if you had some mm-hmm. sort of, you know, just lay out what the kind of means and... and Sure. So um, the death card usually does not mean physical death. It can. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play soft and sugarcoat. Sure. It can sometimes mean death. Um, but mo- more of the time, death means transformation. It means that something is over, and a new thing can now begin. Um, growth can happen. It is more of a transform 
transformative card than you know the the strict meaning of death and also notice where the death card falls in the major arcana it's not the last card of the major arcana it's actually kind of in the middle Mm -hmm. so it is not truly an ending it's not the final word so for those people that are just like ah death ah." right um and then the devil card the devil card is very interesting because it's almost as if like hell is what we make on earth it's very much about taking personal responsibility um it's about um taboo subjects coming up as well it also can be about addictions that we need to break um especially in the traditional rider Waite smith interpretation of the devil card you see you know the big devil and then you see two figures um underneath with these golden chains around their necks but they're loose so they can release themselves whenever they want to they just don't realize that they are that they aren't um they aren't empowered enough to realize that they can release themselves. It's more of an illusion of the power being taken away from them rather than the power actually being taken away from them. So, um, so the devil card can be um, associated with that. Also, in um, some more pagan-leaning decks, the devil card has been transmuted into the green man, can be transmuted into pan, kernunos, so um, like the wild, the wild hunt, the wild god. Mm-hmm. Um, so that changes the meaning. You know, like the, everyone that thinks that um, witches are devil worshippers are just like, there's no devil in the prof. Right. Not the way you think of him. Um, so different decks, uh, especially if they're more pagan leaning, can um, translate that meaning um, because the devil does have a different meaning for us. Sometimes it's like this very Capricorn energy. And I think Capricorn is the association to um, the major arcana yeah. devil card. Yeah. Um, but for those people that don't want to read with those two cards, you can take them out of your deck. Like, don't feel like you have to have them in there, but if that's what's stopping you from reading tarot, then tarot's probably not for you, and you probably <laughs> right. shouldn't be messing with any kind of divination method. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, this was strictly but, an audience question. <laughs> right. But um, I have found when you take specific cards out of the deck, the message is going to find them anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fun. It's right. fun. It's fun to see that happening. Where it's just like, oh, okay, this combination of cards is kind of like a, a tower message or a devil message, or yeah. <laughs> so the message will find them anyway, whether the cards come up or not. And and usually when I'm when I'm doing a reading from someone, um, it's what Nancy Antonucci calls sacred amnesia. I don't remember the reading about a half an hour after I've given it because the information is not for me. It's for the person getting the reading. Um, But what I've noticed is when the, when the reading has been particularly powerful, I always remember usually the meaning, but not the cards that came up. Mm. And sometimes I do, I, I have gotten such a powerful reading and it's been layered where it's just like, okay, these two cards in combination mean this now. It's like kind of a tarot formula or a tarot shortcut where it's just like, okay, the Empress card plus the Ace of Pentacles, you better be really careful so that you don't get pregnant. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Hello, devil up. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, And then then people have like laughed at me and just like, oh, well, there's no chance of that. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just letting you know. And then like, three months later they're just like well i'm three months Hello. pregnant." And i'm like 
Told ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that you're, you what, what you're, you know, tapping on a certain amount of cards or just this uh, stereotype of, of tarot probably experienced. I, I have experienced it more here than, you know, home back on the East Coast where there's more, a bit more fear. On, you know, I think that I could probably sit on a first Friday event on Long Island or someplace in Manhattan and not have you know, certain people that take a wide girth around that table, you know, whereas mm. I do that here sometimes, it's like you're opening up to demonic energies. You're living, we're living in a Ooh. more Christian, I know, yay, like, really <laughs> cool. Um, you know, we're living in a, in a different uh, climate, I think, than, than Hillary is or where, where I come from. So, but you're right. You're right, though. Even here, sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. there are there are people, and I and I haven't done um, I haven't done a public event in, in quite a while. Um, yes. So instead of having to um, explain to to individual people as they come up and get a reading at a private party, the hostess will put me up in front of everybody and say, like, okay, let let them know why you're here and like how you work and everything and how this is gonna work this evening. And I'm like, okay, hi, I'm Hillary, I'm a tarot reader. I don't bite hard. Um, and I just manage their expectations. And you know, there are some people that are really, really gung-ho and want the reading. And then there are other people that are keeping the wide berth, like you were saying before mm-hmm. Tamara. Um, but then some people are like trying to push those people forward and being like, no, 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 just do it, just do it. And I'm just like, stop that. No, if they don't want to have a reading, they don't need to have a reading. And yeah. you forcing them is gonna probably make for a really shitty reading. Right. So like, let let people be open to the experience. And um, I mean, I've read for skeptics before and that's fine. Um, but sometimes even with reading for skeptics, there is this wall up and I'm just like, okay, if you're not going to be open to it, then why are you wasting my time? Like you're wasting your money. Yeah. You're trying to, you're trying to test me, which doesn't really work. Cause sometimes my intuition will go on overdrive and it's just like, all right, fucker, you want to hear this? All right, let's go. Um, <laughs> I love dudes like that. Yeah, it's, it's so kinda, fun. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But, um, but, but other people, there is this skepticism, but also this curiosity. I can work with that because I'm skeptical too. I wouldn't be a tarot reader and reading tarot for this many years if I didn't know that it worked. If yeah. I didn't believe in the divination system and, and seeing real progress with my clients, real um, life-changing readings, like that's, that's what a reading can do for you. Um, if it didn't work, then I wouldn't be doing it for all of these years. So I, I feel like I'm like a skeptical witch. Like, it's just like, show me, show me, show me. But then, and then, you know, I kind of get smacked down <laughs> with it's just like the abundance of information that I get. And I'm just like, okay, I'm sorry. I questioned, I get it now. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, like you know, we could sit here for the next two hours we and just could, like keep, let's keep talking tarot, you know. <laughs> um, Hillary, are you going to write a book? Oh boy! No, you? not you too. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm working on it. I feel. I feel as if it's going to be a combination of like what I write on my website, what I've taught in my live workshops, mm-hmm. um, some of what I've done for charming tarot cards, um, and and I'm going to encourage people that have a book in them or have right. been told that they have a book in them, like. Don't be stopped by, oh, people have written on similar subjects and um, they did it better. People, people want to hear what you have to say from your perspective. And there's no gun- not going to be anyone like you. 
or the way you say something. So that's the advice that I'm going to give to myself. Um, (laughs) But I'm also going to give to anyone that feels like they have a book in them. You know, like people want to hear your perspective and what you think about the tarot or, you know, astrology or about any of the topics that you feel passionate about. So, yes, I'm working on it. Um, I, I have people pretty much prodding me almost weekly <laughs> about writing a book so so I hope to yes uh, I haven't written a book yet right well, that's where you know we're fitting this in in our witches in the trenches who haven't written books yet but then when you write a book then you can come back and talk about your book both yep. show both show well thank you Hillary I love you I and love you I'll get this up soon it was nice meeting Yay. you finally nice to meet you too Braxis bye Bye. By raven's wing and taloned fingers, apple blossoms and that lingers. I will bind you, steal your power. In an iron cage you'll cower At three locks of burnished hair Lure a lost one to my lair I will cackle keen and sing To seal you in my witch's ring
please visit hoofandhornpodcast.com for the show notes, which include links to find Hillary, as well as all of the resources we've discussed. It'd be super rad if you shared this episode and followed us wherever you listen. Stay safe out there. And remember, Black Lives Matter and Black Trans Lives Matter too.